Hello, folks. This is your host, Tammy Tucky, and you are now listening to the Tierra Talk Show. We bring you rare interviews with the makers of Disney magic. Whether they be singers, actors, Imagineers, animators, they have all made their mark on the Disney name. Be sure to check out the show notes, other episodes, contests, our social media pages from Facebook to Twitter, and more on our official website at www.thetierratalkshow.com. Are you looking to plan and book an upcoming Disney vacation? Contact the Tierra Talk Show's official travel agent, James from Destinations in Florida, by visiting destinationsinflorida.com backslash tiara for a free quote. The link is also included in the show notes on our website. All guest opinions are theirs and theirs alone and do not represent the opinions of the Tierra Talk Show or the host. The Tierra Talk Show is not associated with the Disney Company. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. And from all of us here at the Tierra Talk Show, have a hoop de doo day. I'm excited to welcome this week's Tierra Talk Show guest, voiceover artist, and singer Debbie Derryberry to the show. Welcome, Debbie. Thanks, Tierra. Well, for listeners who used to listen to my old podcast, they would remember our interview we had a couple years back. So I'm so glad to have you on the show this week on my new show. And first, I wanted to bring up Jimmy Neutron, because that is something my friends and I used to watch when we were a lot younger in the early 2000s. I think it was the early 2000s, right? I think that's when it kind of kind of. It's hard to keep track. I think 2000, because after we finished a TV show, then there was a whole bunch of video games and rides and commercials, and it just kind of went on. And then they wanted to do one more game, and I guess that's when we did that one back in 2006. And people are still asking for more Jimmy Neutron, so I I can't say it's gone forever yet, because who knows? It might come back, right? Well, actually, we started out with these small interstitials that were just kind of these seven-minute shorts, and then they decided on the movie, then a TV show, and then everything else that followed with the video games and the rides and toothbrushes and Campbell's soup cans and commercials and it was a lot. (laughs) Oh absolutely and it was the thing to watch at the time and I think it actually had an attraction at the Universal Studios at some point and I really do miss it so love Jimmy Neutron. One of my favorite projects that you got to work on was the Carousel of Progress attraction that is featured in Magic Kingdom. It was the 94 version so last year it celebrated its 20th anniversary, which seems so crazy that it was 20 years ago it re-premiered, and you were the voice of the daughter, Patricia, along with B.J. Ward, who is the voice of your mother. She's featured in several other Disney attractions. Of course, Gene Shepard as the voice of the father, known from A Christmas Story fame. Janet Waldo, the voice of the grandmother. She is known from Judy Jetson fame from the Jetsons, the old TV series. So you have an all-star cast I gotta know, did you guys get a chance to do a group reading with one another? I, I would I could only expect that that would have been a lot of fun to be in the same room as all these wonderful talents and also getting to work off of them. I wish I could even remember. You're asking me 20 years ago. I Somehow, I feel like we recorded together, at least some of us. I wish I had an answer for you, Tammy. I can't remember. It was so, so, so long ago. In fact, <laughs> when I went to the Carousel of Progress... I went and I sat in there, and I guess my uh, my kid was with me, and he said, Mommy, that's you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that is me. It is you. And I have to ask, did you get a chance to meet Gene Shepard or, or get to meet the Sherman Brothers who provided the score for the soundtrack? I remember uh, meeting Richard Sherman, not really knowing who he was, 
And of course I knew BJ because uh, she's, I don't know, here in town and, you know, with Gordon Hunt who directed so many cartoons I've done. And, um, but I just wish I could tell you I remembered everything, but I don't. It, that You know, with being an actor, you kind of do it and then you move on to the next project. And this happened to me with Despicable Me too. also. Everybody was telling me what a great job I did in the film. And I was like, really? I don't remember that film. Because it didn't come out till two years after we did it. And I went to the movie just to double check. And sure enough, my name was in the credits. And then I remembered the scenes we had done. It's just I was so embarrassed that I didn't remember being in it and after I saw it. But I mean, so much time had passed that there's so many projects in between. You know, it's wonderful to have your legacy be kept in the Disney theme parks, especially with something that Walt Disney worked so close together. So I'm so glad I get to hear your voice every time I go to Disney World. And I had no idea, but you did a couple other voices for other Disney films. From Aladdin to Hunchback of Notre Dame to Brother Bear to Wreck-It Ralph, you, you have a whole slate there of various voices in these Disney films. And sometimes I hear from various voiceover artists that they come in, they do a session, and sometimes three or six months later, they're called back to continue and add on to that session. It, it just seems like it's an ongoing process that continues and continues until the product is officially out there for the world to cherish and, and enjoy. Well, yeah, with the, I'm doing a new DreamWorks one, and it's just still in its pencil sketch stages, and we go in and do that, and then we'll go back later and do more of it. And But usually they are eight-hour days, but you're in this dark room with all your buddies doing what they need you to do, and you go scene by scene. It's not like you sit and watch a movie and have a memory of it. You're focused on the scene at the time and doing the best you can on the scene at the time. And, you know, you may sit out for a few scenes. And so it, it's very segmented, and it's not con continuous. I know there's a better word for it. But everything is taken out of context. Um... And there's, there's just no through line, sort of like a video game. When I go in to do video games, I don't really remember all of them I do unless, you know, it's an ongoing huge character because you only do these, these scenes and you don't know the connection and you don't know what happens before or after. So how did you kind of discover your niche for voice acting? I didn't really find it. It found me. I was trying to um, make it as an actress or singer in Nashville. I had, I had not gone to, to medical school if after UCLA. I wanted to just move to Nashville and be a singer, but the jobs I got were singing like a little kid. And then I started doing a few on-camera stand-in jobs as a little boy, because I'm, I'm not very big. And then I got this stage uh, show at uh, To Kill a Mockingbird at, at the Repertory Theater in Tennessee. And you know, someone saw me playing a 12-year-old when I was 27 and cast me as a boy in Jim Varney's TV show. And uh, all of a sudden, I was getting cast as kids, voice and body. So I moved back to Los Angeles, and I had gotten contacts for... Somebody said, in Nashville, somebody said, oh, you should think about cartoon voices. Well, honestly, Tammy, I never thought about doing cartoon voices or voices ever. I just thought I'd be a singer. I didn't even know it was a way to make a living. I didn't even think about it. But when I moved back to L.A. and, and I met with these casting directors, uh, one of them just kind of held my hand and walked me into a big agency, and they signed me. And I started booking cartoon voices within a couple of weeks, and it hasn't stopped in 25 years. 
I wanted to bring up dubbing because that is also another important process to the voiceover business. You've worked on Castle in the Sky, Kiki's Delivery Service, and this is a little bit more difficult because the animation's already completed and you have to match the timing with the various characters in the film. So this is a little bit the opposite of what you usually do. Yeah, the dubbing um, is a kind of, is a different skill. It takes place on the same sort of stage. At least the Disney films are dubbed on the same stage that the bigger films, Toy Story and Beauty and the Beast and all of those and Wreck-It Ralph. It's all on this big Disney stage. And uh, the Miyazaki films, that's where we dub those as well. But it's a different skill set in that you need to watch the mouth flaps and uh, get your words in to match it. And then on top of that, you need to insert your acting skills so that you kind of smash it all into a pre-existing mouth flap. Nowadays, dubbing has evolved a little bit more with people being so good at um, at Pro Tools or, or the other one, Final Cut Pro, where they can actually scooch things and extend things and make it fit a little better. But it still takes a lot of acting chops and skill to and practice to be able to shove it into the dubbing lip flaps. But it was super fun. I love the Miyazaki films, and I like the the love and the passion and the time they they took in making them. I'm really glad to be a part of those, Ponyo and um, the other two you mentioned. And I, I do a lot of other uh, dubbing on shows that I really like. Zatch Bell was super fun. We did, like, I don't know, over 100 episodes of that. So I do enjoy dub- dubbing, and it is hard work. Uh, I also enjoy, you know, the old style where we do the voices first, like a new one I have coming out called F is for Family on Netflix. That'll be out around Christmas time. I play the 10-year-old daughter of Laura Dern and Bill Burr, and it's sort of like King of the Hill and Family Guy put together. So I'm, I'm still at it all day, every day. I had auditions this morning. I have work this afternoon on a fun, fun anime show coming up called Glitter Force that's gonna probably also be on Netflix which is gonna be super fun. I gotta say as a voiceover actor we just pretty much stay humble and do what we do. We're not like huge famous movie stars. We just you know it's nose to the grindstone and doing what you love to do. And I certainly feel fortunate, that's for sure. I know there's some listeners right now who are tuning in to hear more about the voiceover business and maybe how they can make a splash into it. Do you have any advice for some of these uh, newcomers who would like to make it themselves into the business? I would say you better really want to do it because it's a lot of work and it's a full-time commitment. But there are ways to ease into it, especially for voiceover with the online casting services like uh, VO Planet or uh, Voices.com, Voice123, you make a demo, you put your demo up, and you can get auditions at your house all day and just start auditioning and practicing and getting, getting used to the audition process because everything is auditioned from your home studio now. Very rarely do I go into another studio for the audition, just mostly for the record, but I do do a lot of records for, you know, Mattel, Sesame Street. I do them all from the house, the home studio. I think it's a, people need to realize that it's an acting job. It's not just, oh, I do funny voices. It's, it's really not about that. Plenty of people do funny voices. It's, an, it's actual acting skills. You have to be versed these days in not just you know, in the microphone, 
Well, if you're a voiceover artist, you definitely have to be versed in front of the microphone. But there are so many other facets of voiceover, like motion capture or video games, where your acting skills uh, come into play so strongly, being able to move from happy to sad to tearful to rageful uh, by yourself in a room or in a large room or in a small booth. And it all draws upon your acting skills. Improv is so important. Stage is important. On camera is important. All these different facets you need to study constantly. I still study. It's like being a doctor. You know, there's ongoing education. And there's so many new technical things now with, like I said, with motion capture. It's a, it's a whole different animal. Always something new around the corner. You never know what's going to well, you never know what's going to make it big. So thank you again for coming on the show, Debbie. I just want to make sure our listeners can head to your website at www.debbiederryberry.com. Follow Debbie on Twitter at Debbie Derryberry, Instagram, Debbie Derryberry, and Facebook, facebook.com backslash Debbie Derryberry fan page. So do you have any other upcoming projects that you can mention on the show? Maybe a new album in the works? Uh, not musically. I The kids' music, I have the CDs out, and I have my YouTube channel, which has a whole um, preschool playlist, so people can watch all my music videos and listen to all the songs and see them on YouTube. There's so many of them. And also my YouTube channel has a DIY playlist for fun things like earthquake kits and getting tar off your shoes and making a quiche. I'm having a lot of fun with my YouTube channel and my Vine, which is also Debbie Derryberry. And I have a book coming out. I'm writing on voiceover, and that should be out in the next couple of months. That's so. awesome. I, I will be first in line to get it. I'm very excited for it. And now with some of our fun Disney questions. I call them the Fab Three. So we'll start with the Donald one. The Donald one is, as a child, what Disney film was one that you'd like to watch over and over again? Don't laugh. Um, probably... Pinocchio, and I think I've watched probably Little Mermaid more than anything. And our goofy question, what Disney character do you think would be your best friend if you met them in person? Probably Donald. <laughs> yeah, he would be my best friend because he's so like bitter and jaded and, and hilarious. And finally, our Mickey question. If I asked you to name any Disney song at this very moment, what immediately comes to mind? <laughs> um, probably supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, and that's only because there's that's one of the difficult words to say that people like to say in Donald Duck's voice. Well, thank you for your time, Debbie. It was great to kind of catch up with you after a couple years since I last talked with you. Happy 20th anniversary to the Carousel Progress. Again, listeners, you could check our show notes below for links to all of Debbie's social media pages and her website. So thank you again, Debbie. Thanks for having me, Tammy. Good luck to you, and hi to everybody else, and good luck with everything you try to do. What will they think of next? Who knows? We've got a whole new century waiting for us out there.